So we're going to continue a little bit on what we talked about last week. I come to find out there was a lot of people that needed to hear that. And so you're going to get a little more of it. <laughs> so I want to talk to you on seven keys to renewing your mind. Seven keys to renewing your mind. We're going to start in Romans chapter 1, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. How many of you remember what it says? Nobody remembers what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says? I guess we're going to have to preach this for a couple of months then. Paul starts out by saying, I beseech you. I beseech. Now, who remembers what beseech means? I've said this enough times. I beg you, urge you. You get a picture of a man that's beaten on his chest. Now, listen to what I'm about to say, because this is important. Listen to me. You ever take your kids and say, would you just listen to me and grab them by the shoulders? Or your grandkids? Just, won't you listen to what I'm about to say? Won't you listen to me? That's the picture here. Paul is like, listen to what I'm about to say because it is important. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He won't relent until he has it all. He's not going to quit until he's got all of us. Until he's got our attention. Holy and acceptable God, and holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That word reasonable is rational. It's the only rational thing you can do is to present yourself a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable. And do not be conformed to this world. Can we say that together? Do not be conformed to this world. One more time with gusto. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We have got to learn to renew our minds, renew our thoughts. It's, it's a daily, moment-by-moment moment thing. This isn't something that you do just one time and then you're good. No, it is a constant deal because it's a constant, it's a constant fact that the enemy is going to be coming against you and trying to put negative uh, thoughts and vibes into your mind and your spirit. It's a constant. He is always going to be there. Putting negative stuff in. So the word conformed is where we get the word morph or change or adjust. Transformed is morphu, which means to fashion or shape something like you would clay. Allow yourself to be transformed. So number one, and I want to encourage you to write this down, and I've got to get a, excuse me. Number one, have a God-given vision. 
The problem with people right now in this day and time is, because, is that people do not have a God-given vision and a plan for their lives. I've told you before, the Lord spoke to me years ago, the reason people become alcoholics, drug addicts, get caught up in all different kinds of uh, relationships that they shouldn't, uh, they don't see themselves highly because we don't have a God-given, God-ordained vision. When we have a God-ordained vision, and I'm talking about seeing yourself in a better place because God doesn't see us in a negative aspect. He sees us as positive. We spend, we're the ones that spend our time seeing ourselves negative. God has a plan, and it is a perfect plan. It is, it is, it's, it's ordained plan that's just for you, just for you. He doesn't plan all our lives necessarily the same. Now, he brings our lives and weaves our lives together, but there is a vision that is for you as an individual. And then when you're married, you're, the vision for your family should be like that. If it's not, it's not going to work. Come on. I didn't hear any amens, but it's true anyway. If you got a different vision than your wife or your husband, it is not something sooner or later it's going to collide. How many can say amen now? You know that that's the truth. <laughs> Get your God ordained vision. Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. They die, they quit living, they're just existing. I'm telling you, without the vision of God, literally, we are just existing and eking through life. But with the vision of God, we are going to overcome. We are going to be able to put our hands to something that just feels, that just feels right. How many of you know when you do something or you hear something and it just registers with your spirit? That's right. You know how that feels. We need that daily. We need that long term. We need a vision from God for our lives. That's number one, to renew in your mind. Write a vision is number two. Write it down. If you would, turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. When you're there, say amen. Amen. Well, that was quick. It's hard to find them little books sometimes, but them little books are important. Little books with a lot of words in them. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. In other words, he's getting the vision from God and what I will answer when he corrects me. Hmm. The best thing when God corrects you is just to say nothing. <laughs> Don't answer back. Just Say, yes, Lord. <laughs> I agree. Then he answered me, and he said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry, or it will not tarry indefinitely is what he's saying. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. 
but the just shall live by his faith. Write the vision down. What God shows you, write it down. And if you got to redo it, I redo mine a lot. I just redid it again this morning. Or updated it. Upgraded it. Because God will give you something, then you'll get there, and then it's time to write the next step. But it's important to do this and get it into your mind. Because if this is the stuff that's in our mind, then all this negative stuff that comes around us, it's a whole lot easier to put it off and say, hey, I don't agree with that. That doesn't register with me. I'm not going. That's not where I'm going. Come on now. We got to get to this point in our lives where we're willing to step up and say, that is not where I'm going and I don't receive those negative thoughts. Ultimately, this should be ultimately where our vision ends up. Over here. <laughs> to see mankind restored to right relationship with God while we worship with our families and friends. That's a big picture. That's what... All of our vision in some way or another that God gives us will be about restoration and renewing and seeing other people around us renewed and restored. Because if we make the vision about ourselves, then that's it. Then that's the dead end. The next thing is, number three, it's not about you. The vision that God gives you is not necessarily about you. It's about restoring your family, your friends. It's about worshiping God. And ultimately, when we put all of that first, then it will be about us. We'll be the ones that's blessed because, we're, because we allow our vision to bless other people. Look at, Sol, look at Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3. When I, read, when I read this this morning, it just hit me in another way. This is Solomon, uh, 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? God is sitting here asking Solomon, what is it that you want? What can I give you? Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is to this day. Solomon is the son of David. He's saying, you bless my dad by letting me be on the throne. Now, O oh Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, Give your servant an understanding heart. Give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? This speech pleased the Lord 
that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. Solomon just wanted to have understanding so he could be able to deal with people correctly. God says, I'm not just going to give you understanding. I'm standing, I'm giving you wisdom so that there has not been anyone like you before nor shall any be arise after you. I've also given you what you have not asked for. See, if we ask the right questions, if we have the right vision, God will even give us things that we don't ask for. Both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my commands and my to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. Do you get the point here? When Solomon asked that his life be something that could help somebody else, God gave him more than what he asked for. You see, too often we get a vision just about us. Oh, God, if I could get that house. Why would you want it? Half the time people are like that don't even bring anybody else in there anyway. And it's just them that have to clean it up. The bigger the house, the bigger the mess a lot of times. Why is it that we want the things that we want? Is it just so that we can have it? Just so we can be in possession and have title to it? Is that why we want what we want? Or do we want what we want to bless somebody else? Because it's in the blessing of somebody else that you're going to be blessed. This is an important point about this. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about other people. It's about encouraging other people. Number four, encourage others. Have a God-ordained vision. Write it down. Remember, it's not about you. And encourage others. Be an encourager. Everybody needs encouragement. Come on now. Anybody doesn't ever need to be encouraged? Are you a very unique individual? I will just say that. If you can go all through your life and be happy and never have anybody encourage you, you are a unique individual. I need encouragement, and I thank God when you do that, when people do that to, for me. It feels good. I want to be, and, and this is part of the deal that I've put in, that one of the things I wrote down, Lord, I want to be an influencer. I want to be an encourager. Let that be part of my vision overall. I want to influence people to before towards you and I want to encourage people Lord let me be an encourager like never before in Proverbs 11 did I tell you already 25 
the generous soul will be made rich. That's not just talking about giving of your money, although that's part of it. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will be watered himself. He who waters, he who gives out. You know what? It, if The more you encourage people, the better you feel within yourself. Is this not true? If you're an encourager, you know that. It makes you feel good to tell somebody they look good, how awesome they are, that they're going to get through this. I had a long talk yesterday with a buddy of mine, and I had put something on Facebook, I don't know, Friday or Saturday, or I don't remember what, Friday must have been. And I just put on there, hey, whoever it is out there, I can't even remember the words I used, but everybody just, you just need to know it's going to be okay. And I had couple of messages but this one guy he texted me and then called and he's like man he said you have no idea no idea he just got a a, a lawsuit delivered to him in the mail by somebody he had no even idea that they were going to sue him and they were suing him for a million dollars and he's like you have no idea he said I know that was for me he said as soon as I read that my spirit jumped within me, and I knew that everything was going to be okay. So however it is that God puts in your heart to encourage, you may not even know who it is you're going to encourage. If you're going to put stuff on Facebook or social media, let it be positive. This is something I've had to learn. Let it be positive. Put the good stuff out there. There's enough negative stuff on there. I've gotten where I don't even hardly get on it anymore because there's so much negative. It wears me out. It pulls me down. Be an encourager. When you water somebody else's spirit, your spirit's going to be watered as well. Be willing, number five, be willing to let go. Be willing to let go. Ooh, this is a hard one. You don't know what they've done. My thing was a plan that I had for myself. All my life until about two months ago, about a month ago, God told me to let it go. That's not the plan. I'm not talking about with the church. I'm talking about a personal thing. Something I'm like, man... When I retire, I know what I'm going to do. Well, the Lord is like, you're not retiring anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we all have these things, man. When I get to be here, here, this is what I'm going to do. And we cling to that and we hold on to that. And we feel like that we deserve it. And it's just, come on, does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, this is my deal. This is where I know I'm going. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, that's not what God's plan is necessarily be willing to let go and encourage somebody as you're doing it hmm. I need the encouragement right now because I'm letting go I'm the one that's letting go of this stuff I'm the one that's I'm the one that needs lifting up you get that you see how many times I, 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 me, 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 me. That sounds like a little baby talk, doesn't it? Me, me. 
When you read, go with me to 1 Samuel 23. Jonathan is one of the guys I want to meet when I get to heaven. I want to meet all of them, but I want to meet Jonathan, the son of Saul. It should have been Jonathan's throne. Just like Solomon took it from David, the throne should have been passed in the order of things, in the scheme of things, by rights, by man's rights. Jonathan should have been the next king. 1 Samuel 23, 14. Now, David had already been anointed king, and he was now running from Saul. Saul raised him up. You remember? He worked for Saul, and Saul raised him up. Well, when he started really getting the appreciation of the people, Saul got jealous. David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in the forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and he went to David in the woods, and he strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his house. Now, Jonathan, by by man's thinking should have been out to kill David just like Saul was because he was fixing to take over his throne. But see, Jonathan had a unique spirit about him. He was willing to release something. He was willing to let his plans be changed. He was willing to let his mind be renewed. When we cling to things that are just our good ideas, then we don't get God's perfect plan. Well, we all got good ideas, don't we? But if it's a God-ordained, God-given plan, then it's perfect. Jonathan was willing to release what should have been his and encourage David in the process. Be an encourager. You say, there's not always somebody there when I need encouragement. Well, there's an answer for that too. The next thing is, when nobody's there, encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Well, they didn't speak to me when I came through the doors at church. Nobody hugged my neck. You know, it's our duty to try to reach out to everybody. So, what I have found out is the more friendly that I am, The more people I'm going to talk to, the more people that are coming to talk to me. And that's not just at the church. That's everywhere. The more you reach out, the Bible says, he who has friends must himself be friendly. But even then, there's not always going to be somebody there for you. 
I'm not always going to be there. I wish I could be there for everybody. I can't. There's going to be times when you're going to feel alone. There's going to be times when you're going to be the only one. And I don't care if you're married or not. Sometimes it's, you're even more distant. You feel more distant when you're married to somebody that doesn't understand what you're going through. It's, you even feel more alone and more distant even though you're sleeping in the same room with them. It can be a lonely thing. And nobody is, nobody is above this lonely thing that I'm talking about right here. I don't care who you are. Nobody is ever going to be in a place in life that you never, that, that, that somebody is always there. Your husband's not always going to understand. Your wife's not always going to understand. Your mom and your daddy, they're not always going to understand. They're not always going to be around when you need encouragement. Look at David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now David was doing his best to lead his people, the people that God had put in, in his command. He was doing his best. And even they came against him. Sometimes even the people that you're trying to help the most will turn on you. Anybody ever feel like you've done all you can to help somebody to do the right thing and encourage them and, and it's never enough. And the next thing you know, rather than them being happy and excited about it and thank you and being thankful for it, the next thing they do is flip on you and turn on you. Hey, that's not about you, that's about them. So you just keep on being an encourager. You just keep on leading with the right attitude. You keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing your best. And don't always think that they're going to be there for you. God will always be there for you. And it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men went to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him, David and the people who were with him, lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. All these men, all these warriors cried themselves out. Our wives and our children are all gone. They're all gone. David's two wives, Ahinahom, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people, meaning his men, spoke of stoning him. Now here he is, their leader, and he's, he's been doing great things with them, for them, through them. They've been brothers. But now they're talking about stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters... But David strengthened himself in the Lord. 
David strengthened himself in the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Amalek's brother, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abner, Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord because even those closest to you will not be there. Even those right around you will not be there to encourage you. And on the convert, they will, they will actually work against you. But when David encouraged himself in the Lord, then the, then the Lord said, go ahead and go. You're going to overtake them. You're going to win this battle. Because you encouraged yourself. That is the, um, one of the most important things. Think positive. Keep your mind in a positive thought process. If you think everything's going to be bad all the time, it's going to be bad all the time. If you think everything will sooner or later work out, sooner or later it will work out. I'm telling you, this mind of ours is a powerful thing. It's up to each and every one of us to wake up in our day, get, get our own day started. Nobody can start your day. Nobody can start your day for you but you. You say, well, he said this. As soon as we woke up, that's where you put your fingers in your ear and say, I ain't hearing that. I am not listening to that. I am not receiving that. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be good. Everything's going to be good. Or she, men, you wake up, she says something negative. It's easy for me to say all this. I'm single. <laughs> but it's true anyway. I know it's true because I've, I've, I've seen it work in areas of my life. I am not going to listen to this negative stuff. I'm not going to read negative. I'm not going to listen to all these bickering and backbiting and other stuff. I'm just not going to pay attention to it. We've got to make up our mind that we are going to think positive. Number seven, be thankful for what you already have. Be thankful for what you already have. I said last week, something that's changed my life the last few weeks is waking up every morning and writing down five things that I'm thankful for today. I started that several weeks ago, and I'm telling you what, it has made a tremendous difference, a tremendous difference in my thought process because I don't think about all the negative stuff all day like I have in the past. Because it is so easy for us to just gravitate. But see, we have to retrain our mind. We have to re... And some of you, some people, that, that, that stuff's been put in you since you were a child. All you can remember was your parent, parents bickering. All you can remember was somebody telling you, you're not worthy. You'll never line up. You're not smart enough. You'll never have... You don't have the education. All of that negative business... We have to learn to write, to erase that stuff from our memory and not let it become a part of us. 
you're this, you're this, you're this. You can't. You can't do this. You, no. We have to tell ourselves, yes, I am a child of God. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm a winner, not a loser. God's got a plan. God's got His hand on me. Force yourself to think this stuff and be thankful for what He's already given you. Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry about all kind of things. But in everything, be by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Prayer. That's earnest, humble requesting. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. And I'm coming to a close here, Regina. When you get through taking your notes. 1 Thessalonians 5. 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is both good for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. It doesn't say rejoice just when you feel like it. You know, you know what joy is? Well, I've got the joy, joy. Well, sometimes you've got to rejoice. When you don't feel like it, you rejoice. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In other words, meditate on the things of God. Speak to God all the time in your heart and in your spirit. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now get this, do not quench the Spirit. You know how we quench the Spirit? By not being thankful. We quench the Spirit by not being thankful. Don't quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies or encouragement that people give you. Test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from Every form of evil. All right. We're going to do something this morning. And I need about need about four people. Would you all help me here? Pass there. I want everybody to get one of these cards. These are prayer request cards. Oh, here, let me give you some pens, too. Everybody that doesn't have a pen, we're going to have, we got a pen. Keep the pen and keep the card. <laughs> keep the pen, be encouraged. That's my cell phone number for you that don't know that on those pens. When the Lord told me to do that years ago, put my cell phone on 10,000 ink pens. I thought, what in the world? <laughs> so you have no excuse to not be able to get a hold of me. Okay, what, what we're going to do, 
We're just we're not going to have an altar call just yet. But I want you to take, we're going to take about five minutes. I want you to write down five things that you have to be thankful for. I want us to start this habit today. It doesn't take any time. You know what? couple of days this week, I had to leave the house without getting to write them down, but I, I put them in my phone, and then when I got home, I put them in my journal. Need some more pens? Five things. We all have five things we can be thankful for. Doesn't have to be deep. It can be a one-word thing. This is going to change your life. This will change your life. Everybody got one now? More pins? More pins there? Thank you, sir. thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for my church family. I'm thankful for this freedom that I have in this country to worship. I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for his grace, his mercy, his unconditional love. I'm thankful for the beautiful weather we're having in Texas. I'm thankful for the truck that I drive, the car that I drive, the trailers that I have, the horses that I have, the bulls, the cattle that I have, the livestock that I have. I'm thankful, thankful for this. You see, there, we have a lot to be thankful for. Thankful that I got had a good night's rest. I'm thankful that I have a roof over my head. We're thankful for the pastor. Oh, thank you. I'm thankful for for you. You get one, Jolene. Thankful for Jolene. Thankful for the air condition we have. Thankful for the flowers that are still blooming. Thankful for the green grass that's still out there thankful for my health I'm thankful for medical technology I'm thankful for our military I'm thankful for our for our, our leadership I'm thankful for for God's plan for my life I'm thankful there's so I mean you want me to go on I can go on I've been doing this man I've been writing it down name an individual I, I the other day I was writing down people's name I'm thankful for Pat I'm thankful for Terry Thankful for Steve and Kim. Thankful for my job. I'm thankful I have the ability to get up and go to work. I'm thankful, Lord, that you allow me to influence somebody in a good way. I'm thankful, Lord, that you have changed my attitude, that you are in the process of renewing my mind. Be thankful. Be thankful. heart and a mind that is thankful cannot continue to dwell on negative. The more positive we're feeding ourselves, the more negative has to go away. There's no, two, it's, it's opposite stuff. They can't, you can't have 
two things living in your mind at the same time. So whenever that negative stuff comes along, you say, no, I'm thankful God gave me deliverance of that mess. I'm telling you what, this, I started doing this a few weeks, and this has changed my life. And every day you can come up with something. And it will, it will cause you to focus on all the good that's going on. All the awesome things that, you, that are going on in your life. And the more we focus on all of the good stuff, the, the negative stuff just has to go. It cannot stay there. Thankful, Lord, for deliverance. Thankful, Lord, that you have gotten me this far, and I'm thankful for where you're taking me. Now, when you start doing that, it becomes easier to write down the vision. Write down the vision. Write down. And it doesn't have to be some grandiose thing. Write down some, some things that maybe just for next week. Or for next month or by the end of the year. God, give me a clear-cut path, a clear-cut vision for the end of the year. I'm going to see this. And then when we have that stuff, write it down so you can see it. Then when you read it, it's like, this is where I'm going. Is anybody? There's people that do this stuff a long time since I've been bringing this up. Long time before me. Has anybody been, let me see your hand. If you've done this for a long time, look at this. A couple of three or four, but there ought to be all of us. Now focus on it. Stay focused on it and reject the negative thoughts that try to impact your life. Reject them. I reject that. I do not receive that. In Jesus' name. All right. I could go on in this. I'm, uh, this is in me right now. Would you stand, please, this morning? Thank you, Lord. Prayer counselors, the ones that are here, we're missing a lot of people this morning. If you'd come, please. Thank you, Lord. God's got a good plan. He's going to see you through. He's going to see you through. He's going to see you through. He's got good thoughts toward Jeremiah 29 and 11 I know the thoughts that I have for you says the Lord thoughts of peace and an expected end he's got a good thoughts towards you God's not disappointed with you I heard a story the other day about a lady that was an atheist Joel Osteen told this story that um she just was convinced there was no God. She never believed in God. Something happened to her daughter, I believe. Her only daughter was in a car wreck. Some of you might have heard the story. And she just cursed God. Just cursed God. I was like, well, the, you know, you say you don't believe in him, but you curse him. And then she was like, this warm feeling came over her. And she said, she said she heard this voice. It was like, that's the first time you've ever spoken to me. I want you to know you can curse me, but I still love you. An atheist, a lifelong atheist. And she said this 
warmth came over her and she just all of a sudden began to weep. She knew how real God was. You see, even when we fail Him, even when we get off track, we do things we shouldn't do, we think things we shouldn't think, we say things we shouldn't say, we don't do things that we ought to be doing, all of that, God still loves you anyway. He's still got a plan. He's going to finish it if we allow Him. Thank you, Lord. I'd like for you to take that card and keep it please don't just take that thing and throw it away keep it and then get yourself a journal and add to it every day just write down five things and while you're doing that you know what will end up happening is you'll start thinking of other things and God will give you scriptures to go with it and so all of a sudden you're going to like where's that in the Bible and next thing you know you're reading your Bible more and you're studying your Bible more because you're being thankful say oh that stuff just I'm telling you it works and I encourage you yeah thank you Lord Father we thank you for your word your grace your mercy your unconventional love unconditional and unconventional love God we know that you have a great plan for us we know that you're going to finish what you started in us Thank you, Lord, for helping us renew our minds each and every day. May the Lord bless and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and give you peace today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything at all, we're here. We want to pray with you. Um, remind you, we have Tuesday night service. A little short Bible study. We're usually here about an hour. Tuesday night at 7. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. Go in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and have a great week. <laughs>